0: Welcome back to jumping around a steeplechase podcast from ThisIsHorseRacing.com. i'm joe clancy and this edition brings a conversation about the future of american jump racing's finished product and how it's presented to the world in august Jockey club chairman Stuart janney pinpointed the importance of high definition television signals to the future of thoroughbred racing evidently the national steeplechase association was listening and recently signed an agreement with a new video provider to ensure high definition coverage at all 29 sanctioned race meets on the calendar Changeover began this fall at High Hope in Kentucky, and continued at Shawan Downs the following week. The effort will no doubt endure some growing pains, like the unrelenting rain at High Hope, but the finished product will showcase American jump racing like never before, and offer a myriad of opportunities for exposure via the internet, television, and simulcasting, as well as improved video for officiating. Races have been shown in high depth before, but not on this scale, and not with this much upside. Steve Hankin, a Californian with Maryland Roots and Steeplechase Connections, heads up the new effort and took some time to talk about the venture while setting up at Shawan Downs in late September. He has a deep background in video production and technology, is the brother of Steeplechase owner Mike Hankin, and is an avid participant as an owner and rider in the hunter-jumper world. All right, we're here just above John Brown's store in uh, just over the hill from Shawan Downs Racecourse with Steve Hankin, who has been his company's been hired to sort of bring steeplechase video into the 21st century, maybe, maybe the 20th. We'll see. Steve, first off, just give us a little intro. How'd you get here? And um, what's your background?
1: Well, it's good to be here, and we're excited for the race tomorrow. It's been quite a journey uh, getting here, that's for sure. I, as you know, I, I grew up in Baltimore, and, and my brother's a big fan and participant in the sport, and I participate in the other side of equestrian, uh, in the hunter-jumper side. And, you know, I've really had a passion about uh, the opportunity to build the equestrian sport, whether it's uh, steeplechase or hunter-jumper, or it's, it's just a passion of mine, and I have several ways that I'm working on that, but one of the ways is to build a production and marketing company that can really help make the sport available to a lot more people. And that really is the opportunity that we brought to the NSA when we began conversations with them, I guess, over a year ago and they were looking for someone to uh, begin to change the technology used in capturing the races initially for the stewards video. And that really is the movement to HD 4K capture. But what we really tried to do is is to demonstrate and get a conversation going that that was really a path to building something greater, which is uh, making the sport much more widely available with an aspiration to get all 28 meets live streamed with full production capabilities so that the sport could be seen by a lot more people, and we could bring in people and, and grow it. And so that, that really was what got us going, and it's, it's a passion of mine that uh, my brother got us. I guess he got me kicked off on the sport when he started riding, but we're excited about it.
0: Yeah, so the steeplechase world knows sort of the video capabilities or the video production quality we've had. What's the difference? What, what, how does this change the game?
1: The first difference that people see is just purely the quality of what's on the screen. And the technical challenge to this has not been the challenge of using better quality cameras, and that really is essence what it is. The difference has been how to transmit that information over fields that quite honestly are in the middle of nowhere and are difficult to transmit heavier and denser content. And so really the interesting thing about this endeavor from a technical standpoint is not necessarily the Cameras, you can buy great, you know, 4K HD cameras and capture, but the challenge to transmit that on an RF basis is really what's hard to do. And that is, from a technical standpoint, the hardest thing. Each location is remote, it's got hills, and we have to provide live stream to the storage so that they can do their job. That's really the base requirement: is that we provide a higher quality storage video, and the technical challenge there again is not capturing it; it's transmitting it to them on a live basis. Once that's done, then we can build the production team around it to live stream it and uh, build it into a great thing to watch. But from someone watching, they'll see a difference in the quality of what they see. It'll be more used to what watching a sport on TV than it will be, you know, and watching a video from a technical standpoint Behind that the difficulty is just the live transmission of that content.
0: Yeah, I mean I, and I know you guys have done a lot more with horse shows and things like that. What's the you touched on a little bit, but what's the difference <laughs> between uh, trying to uh do this with a horse show or something that's in an arena versus the steeplechase course?
1: You know, we do do this a lot in the hunter jumper world and one, you're typically, well, the cameras don't move, they're in a fixed position, they stay there all day long, they watch a horse go around the same course, it takes two minutes and and um, one and nothing change, one <laughs> at a time, and, no, and less people fall. But typically the difference is that there's no requirement to send it off live to an adjudication group of stewards. And typically we can rely on infrastructure because most of these hunter-jumper events are at permanent locations and so they have infrastructure and so the transmission is a lot easier to do. Here you've got the live stream from cameras that are working on an RF and then you've got a stream outbound into the cloud, so it's a lot easier doing the hunter jumper world. <laughs> I'll say that
0: you got you probably got to like a challenge to uh, to take on something like this. I would think. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, and and you typically don't don't have nine inches of rain on your first event. So, you know, I that think was just a
0: test. It's all it's all <laughs> going to be smooth sailing from here. Uh,
1: you know, I think we um, we certainly learned a lot the first week, and we had our challenges, but and it was disappointing mostly for High Hope. They had done a great job in getting in building a program around the day including some live entertainment that was really going to make it a much more fun experience for everybody and and it just rained uh, it rained and rained all, all day so <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm the same way. I had talked to High Hope for years about you need to move the move to the fall. You'll get a lot more entries. Chances are the weather will be better. It'll be great. And the first year they did that, they got that. So uh, I don't know. It's just the uh, <laughs> there's things you can control and things you can't, and that you cannot.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it, you know, it is a challenge. We we happen to be in Kentucky a lot because there's a lot of great hunter jumper events at the horse park, and it's an amazing place. And I don't think I've ever been there when it's rained. Uh, <laughs> So it was bad luck. Exactly,
0: exactly. And uh, so then the the upside of creating this way to watch all 28 race meets, is that a reality and how how real is it?
1: Well, it has to be a reality because we are committed to making it a reality. I think that live streaming and social create a huge opportunity to engage people in the sport and to make it bigger. And we were talking a little earlier about the contrast between the sports we'll have on the 100 jumper side, we'll have four or five million dollar purses and, and get 20 people to come watch. You guys will get a million people over the course of 28 races to come watch. Now, we have a much larger audience who will watch the stream for eight hours. Wow. So it is... Different, But I think both of them, done well, have the opportunity to help engage people and build the sport and get new people into the sport, which ultimately has to be the goal. This is just a mechanism for building the sport. And therefore, we have to get to the point where we can get all 28 meets the live stream with really high quality production. And the trick here is the cost really is not doing the storage video. The cost is doing the production. And so what we have to do and what we're committed to do is to try to find a way to monetize the sport so that we can pay for the production and everybody will win. You know, NSA will win because a lot more people will watch and the meats will win because we'll be able to subsidize quality production going forward and then the sport obviously wins because everybody can watch. So over the next year, that's our goal. This fall is more about experimenting and getting our feet wet, which we Literally. can do easily <laughs> but the goal is to try to get the sponsors really excited about doing a year long effort to stream every event so that's our goal
0: what about steeplechase i mean everybody who's in it uh, we we recognize sort of the beauty of it but is it a sport that works for that i mean I, I will assume you think it is
1: i do think it works for that you know and we've had great conversations with eight or nine different organizations about Streaming it already, and there is interest in it. One of the advantages it has, it is an international sport, and so people are excited about the opportunity. I think people see the fan base and say, "Okay, there must be something, and we we got to figure out how to do it." And I think the challenge is figuring out how much of the fan base is here because it's a fun party and a beautiful day and in a great setting, and how many people really love the sport for the sport itself. And so I think you know that's our challenge. But right now we're pretty confident that we can get the support on the streaming side, and ultimately our goal is to build our own OTT network that can be about the sport. So, you know, certainly stay tuned on that, but that is our goal, and I, I'm optimistic we wouldn't have taken it on if we, were, if we weren't optimistic, but there's a lot of hurdles, but we're hopeful we'll get there.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, this had come up, uh, it's come up so, over the years lots yeah. of times, but it might be the the time where the technology is close enough to working I realize we're still out in the field a lot of times but the idea of live streaming is not some crazy thing to get over like it used to be maybe even five years ago
1: no I think look this is where the entire media industry is going to and and which is you know smaller content which can now be broadcast around the world and the good news is we have a team that that does a lot of professional sports broadcasting. So we're not worried about the technology. We're not worried about being able to do the production. I think we just have to find a way to make it a commercial product that gets the attracts the money into the sport that people are excited about because I don't think the sport itself can support that. And that's the challenge in a lot of the, you know, kind of amateur quasi-professional sports. They have amateur participants and professional participants, but, you know, unlike flat racing. But the goal here has to be to attract a new fan base, a new sponsorship base that can pay for it. And in that regard, the hunter-jumper world is in the same place as the steeplechase world. Yeah,
0: and uh, we touched on it a little, too. Um, you grew up in Baltimore. There's some horseback around here, though, right? Uh, but, but not much steeplechasing. Your nephew, Connor, did it, and uh, yes. Mike's an owner, but uh, you went the other direction?
1: I did. I, um, I and It's funny. We have quite the interesting uh, Thanksgiving dinners. But, you know, Michael, Mike... It's funny because everybody here calls him Mike. I've always called him Michael. I'm and Joey to my family, so... Yeah, yeah I'm I, said, I sent <laughs> I sent him an email and said Mike on it the other day, and he was like, huh? <laughs> but um, look, he's, uh, he's incredibly passionate about the sport and obviously is a great participant and really believes in it and wants to build it. And it was a thrill to watch Connor growing up and then becoming a great rider. And now he's off, you know, helping our country, which is great to see. My wife is a hugely passionate... Hunter jumper participant has been since she was a little kid, and so she got me quickly into the hunter jumper world. So I, I have hunter jumpers and cats, and Michael has steeplechases and dogs. So, <laughs> and um, we joke about uh, how different they are, but you know they all come from a love of horses, and ultimately I think that's what's great about it. You know, I've I've always been reminded by some good friends of mine that it all starts with a horse, and and that's what the sport's about, and and that's what at least for me is is. What makes it so passionate?
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's a great way to put it. And and, and again, if it doesn't start there, then it's, you're you're sort of doing something wrong, I think.
1: Absolutely. You know? I mean, they're they're amazing animals, and they have the ability to transform people. And and I'm driven to make that you know more broadly available.
0: How did you professionally end up getting into <laughs> get into this stuff?
1: I spent most of my life on the East Coast, and about four years ago, I moved to L.A. to run a big production and equipment company. And then I I did that, and and that's, you know, it's interesting, you know, for all the challenges we had last week at High Hope that in the few years that I did that, every time we had a production failure was on the front page of the New York Times, you you know, and, (laughs) and we're used to a very high quality of standard, and that is one of the things that we are trying to do, is bring into the support sports broadcast quality production. And that is different. And, and some of that is just the standard around which it's done. And we hope to show people over time what that is. So that really is when I got involved. And Craig Farrell, who's our other partner in this, I met him through that. And he's super. And he's super doing remote sports broadcasts. I mean, that is his specialty. And so when we had the opportunity to talk to NSA, I, what we did was bring together two friends of mine, Craig on the production side and Piper Clem, who owns and founded the Plaid Horse, which on the hunter jumper world is, you know, the biggest media outlet there. So we brought together this group to do this. And I think we bring a, a very unique set of skills, both on the media and marketing side as well as the production side and it helps that we're passionate about the sport and so the group came together just to do the NSA bid you know we have a lot of other opportunities that we're pursuing and have already gotten in other parts of the equestrian world but you know this is really what we want to make work and and it's a real team effort and everybody's excited about it and it brings you know again even just this effort brings some people to the sport that weren't involved in it before.
0: Yeah which is great and again if all it was was plug in cameras and let it go, that's a totally different thing. If it's not a bigger picture looking right. at how to help them grow the sport, then it's really not worth doing, right. I, from here anyway.
1: No, no, we were look, we were having this conversation um, before we got started today, and the plaid horse does these plaid casts, and they'll get seventeen to 20,000 people to listen to them. And, you know, I think we can take lessons learned from each of the sports and collectively figure out how to build it, and that'll be great.
0: What can uh, the average Steeplechase either participant or fan do to help this cause? How do they how do how do they get how do they get involved?
1: <laughs> the easy way is they put the kid on a horse when they're <laughs> five years old. I mean that's you know, that's what builds lifelong people passionate about the sport. But you know, this is a sport that people can participate in every different way. I mean, you know, even if it's just you got a group of friends and you want to come out and watch, it's great. I would encourage people who aren't equestrians to take a few extra minutes and stop and see the horses and kind of understand the magic of them. And, you know, that makes the day really special. So I think we just like people to come and join the sport of horses. And so any way that people can participate in, that's great. If you have a sponsor, cause, let us know, <laughs> put a plug in there. We're happy yeah, you to, got it. We're yeah. happy to have it's that. It's no still business. Um, you know, I think I think any way people can participate in this support is great, and there's lots of different ways.
0: Yeah, and the upside, to me, of a reliable, well-done platform for the streaming just is going to open up new doors even for the local meets and their sponsors. I mean, right. they, they, they can take it to another step. I mean, you know, guys who've been involved at Shawan at Downs or somewhere for 10 years at one level, well,
1: here's another thing they can bring into the equation. You know? Absolutely, and... And we promise it's going to be a better product. You know, we're, uh, there's a lot to learn to get to uh, learn the nuances of run, running this well, and, and we'll get there, and I think we'll have a product that people will really be excited about. Cool.
0: Awesome. Uh, well, thanks for your time, and uh, sure. we'll see you out there at the races.
1: Okay. Great. Thanks. Good to be here. Thanks for
0: listening to another edition of Jumping Around. Jumping Around is a production of ThisIsHorseRacing.com, home of original content about thoroughbred racing from the steeplechase circuit, Saratoga, Fairhill, and beyond. You can subscribe to our products via the podcast app on your phone or tablet by searching This Is Horse Racing. This edition was produced at Howling Wolf Recording Studio in Baltimore, Maryland. Special thanks to our sponsors, Brown Advisory and the Maryland Horse Industry Board. From Tennessee to Maryland and Ascot to Cheltenham, Brown Advisory supports the hard work, dedication, and love for competition that defines the horse racing spirit. Brown Advisory has cheered from stables and fence lines since its founding in 1993 and is excited to share this passion through the sponsorship of this podcast and races across the U.S. and U.K. Visit brownadvisory.com to see how they can help you achieve your financial goals.